Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 4, Episode 13. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Florence Davis. Florence Davis is a spiritualist, designer, and developer. She is the founder of Focused Vision Design Group, a company that provides teaching materials and workshops on all avenues tech and design related. The front-end creatives division of Focused Design Group focuses on creating design and technology workshops to help empower people to get to the next level in career and life goals. Before Focus Design Group, Florence Davis worked and consulted for several Fortune 500 companies in the Silicon Valley area, including LinkedIn, Google, Apple, and Salesforce, to name a few. She also taught intro to programming at Year Up. Year Up's mission is to close the opportunity divide by providing urban young adults with the skills, experience, and support that will empower them to reach their potential through professional careers in higher education. Seeing the major divide in her own career, usually being the only Black female in her career field, she put a major effort into volunteering and teaching. She chose to start teaching workshops on design and development to help close this divide. Therefore, Focus Vision Design Group and Front End Creatives were born. Florence wanted to show that technology could be fun and that you had the opportunity to make a lot of money in this field, as well as change your life trajectory, especially if you come from a place where you were underprivileged. Year Up is what really sparked Florence's entrepreneurial journey because through all the disadvantages, she was still able to make it to Fortune 500 companies and eventually start several businesses. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Florence Davis. Okay, so Flo, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. No problem, no problem, no problem. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for taking the charge to close or even lessen the gap for people of color in design and development with your company and your teaching efforts. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, it's definitely, definitely needed in the IT and other industries. So that is great. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Yes, I'm definitely ready to talk about leadership. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Flo? Yes, I definitely would agree with that. And can you tell us why you feel this way? I feel like rather in a positive or negative way, I feel like everyone's a leader because you could always teach someone. Even, rather, it's even if teaching from your mistakes of what not to do, <laughs> don't go down this path, don't do mm-hmm. drugs, or just teaching by example. So I know everyone's different, but I'm an observer. So I watch, right? So my, my brother would get the spankings and I would <laughs> certain things I would watch him do and be like, you know, we sometimes we both got spankings, but I would watch him like, you know what? I'm not going to go that route because I don't <laughs> want to get that spanking. So I think whether people realize it or not, 
people are always leading or teaching, whether it's the right path that they're leading or teaching, that could be questionable. So there's always somebody watching. So that's why I feel like everyone's a leader in their own right. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree with you. And you touched on a key point that I totally agree with, which is we are always leading. We can either be leading positively or Mm -hmm. leading negatively, or like you said, like you can look at someone's negative actions and use that as, okay, I won't be doing that because I don't want to get those consequences. Or mistakenly, some people may see someone doing something negatively and repeat that same negative behavior or see someone doing positive things and repeat that positive behavior. So thank you for making that point. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Okay, so in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Flo, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? So pretty much my code of leadership is pretty much like my code of life. So for me, it's integrity, being true to yourself and empathy. So when I think about integrity, I think the definition, condition of being unified, unimpaired, or sound in instruction. So when I say that, I mean not just in a moral compass, I mean the integrity of everything that I do. So I really think a lot of people, what lets me stand out from other people is solid on my word. I I don't know if it's partially from when I was growing up, certain people in my life would say things and not follow through with them, and I would be disappointed. But when it comes to integrity, what I'm saying I'm going to do, I make sure I I do that. Um, Another major code for me is being true to myself. I think that's why I found myself really as an entrepreneur. Like being true to myself really goes, not doing that, that kind of goes against like the integrity of who I am. And so when I found myself not being true to myself and not true to the values I stood for, I found myself sad and depressed. And there's a lot of times where I would go to different companies and things because I need to make sure that I had impact. And that leads to the last kind of core value that's for me and my code of leadership is empathy. I've always really had this God-given talent, maybe it's from being a Pisces or whatever, if you believe in horoscopes, but just of really feeling people's emotions and being able to relate, you know, what they've gone through coming, growing up from a rough way to really working myself up, I believe it's very easy for me to empathize with other people. So those are definitely my code of leadership, being true to yourself, living with integrity, and also having empathy to see yourself and other people. Okay. Thank you for that. Those are definitely great codes of leadership. And you hit on a few things that definitely stuck out to me. I agree with empathy hands down. Mm -hmm. I grew up very empathetic, right? And I used to always wonder why I felt so weird when, say, a person was on the stage singing. I would be, like, nervous for them and different emotions that I took on for other people that I had no clue what was going on with me as a kid. And then, you know, to grow up and realize, like, this is a great gift to be able to empathize with people. So I definitely agree that that Mm -hmm. is an excellent code of leadership. I also agree with something you said as far as it's important to have impact, right? Because without impact, I went through the same thing. Like, I felt very depressed in my position at my job and certain Mm -hmm. things that I did, it's like, what, why am I here? Like, if I can't stand for something, what's going on? Like, it just, yes, it gives you Mm -hmm. that, that motivation that you need to keep going and keep going and, and face failures and face challenges and just continue to push forward. So thank you for that. And integrity, of course, 
you know, that goes hands down. I've been hearing a lot about that. And I like what you said as far as uh, to you, it means being solid with your word and, and how you show up in the world. So absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. Well, Mm -hmm. can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Well, so for me, I grew into optimist, but I'll just give you an honest 360 view. So when I first started entrepreneurship, I took it really hard. So um, I got depressed and I felt kind of like I'm losing. (laughs) When I opened my first business, I lost about I think I lost about $20,000 when I was doing my business ventures into music and event management. But after, I think after that first like business loss, I really took failure pretty much as you're saying, as a learning process. And I have such an amazing sense of resolve. It really threw me back to as a child. Now they make, they make failure. They want you to think of failure as a bad thing, but now failure is just learning. So I learned so much from those events, learning so much about trusting my gut instinct and, and feeling that I really make decisions a lot quicker now. And I also, I never put out something what, that I'm fully you know, willing to lose. So say if I did have $20,000 again and that was all I have, the most I would probably put into to one framework is half of that looking at you know, what's going on and also looking at the testing the waters and thinking about even that day, everything that could go wrong went wrong that way. So anticipating that and knowing life, it never goes as expected, but it doesn't mean you don't get what you want. It just doesn't go as the way it seems. So failure to me at this point in my life is amazing. It's a learning and it puts me a resolve. So at the end of the day, I know I can accomplish anything. It might not be in the time that I want, and it might not even be in the way that I think I want to do it, but I know I can do it just because I've gone through so many different failures. I've gone through so many different setbacks and still came back victorious, still came back better than ever. So I believe it, it gave me a great sense of resolve. So me, failure is learning. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And you touched on something that is true for me also. Like the way I view failure is my new mindset. But a few years mm-hmm. back when I first ventured into entrepreneurship and the Venture is so funny. I was into music too. I had a recording studio and a record label nice. <laughs> and things what like the that. Same thing? That's, crazy. <laughs> That's amazing, right? Yeah, my background is computer science too, so we have a lot more yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard a lot of computer scientists are, are musicians, too, but maybe it's because just the way we put stuff together. I don't know, but that's actually like a common thread. That's crazy. But yeah. <laughs> yep. So, you know, when this failed, like initially, I'm like, oh, I guess I wasn't meant to be a business owner and this, this and that. So I didn't look at that as an opportunity when it first happened. It's like, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. So like what you said, I just wasted all this money, you know, but yet I feel like now in hindsight, that gave me some of the structure needed. That even gave me the courage needed, right? Mm. To even get to where I am today. So it is all building blocks. But like you said, when we first go through it, we may not be like, oh yeah, let me look at this lesson. It's more like, man, <laughs> why am I here? You yeah, know, like, what am I doing? I'm like, why did I even do this, man? You, you don't know. I just, I was questioning everything. I was like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. 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 So it's good to even like listen to podcasts like this or different inspiration that allows us to change our mindset. So we don't stay in those thoughts of failure for longer than we have to so that we can pick ourselves up. We can look at the lessons learned from the experience and apply it to our future ventures and endeavors. 
so that we can reach the success that we envision for ourselves. So, oh, oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. I should be interviewing, interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> All right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. Okay, so Flo, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? I think uh, uh, the major time I could think when I was consulting for a large uh, uh, technology firm here in Tampa, I failed as a leader by actually taking the back seat. <laughs> so some, someone else was a leader of the project and the project failed. And I seen just the way I put things together, I seen all the ways that things can go, but I just kind of, I sat in the back, I sat on the sidelines when I should have just stepped up and really led the project from the beginning. So I failed by Basically, long story short, not speaking up and not showing up. So that's one of the most recent times I, I really feel like I failed as a leader. Okay, thanks for that. And I definitely can understand that. I battled with calling that a reluctant leader where I didn't know I was a leader. So I didn't want to stand up or even being unsure. But can you just give us a little insight into what made you not step up and not speak up? I guess I just, I mean, he felt, I felt like he knew the project. We, we were, we were both on good terms before he became a lead, but once he became like the lead of the project, everything was completely unorganized and structured. So he was really competent. He was really fast, but leadership is not about (laughs) being fast. It's really about, you know, putting the different things in place that you need at the time and communicating with the different teams. So I let him take the role because I just, he was really competent at what he did, but he, on on a much higher level, his competency wasn't, it really wasn't good at leading because he would just, it would be fly by night, kind of spaghetti on the wall. Let's throw this, let's see see how it goes without a lot of structure and planning. So that's kind of why I I took a back seat and, you know, and that's kind of just what happened with the project. Okay. Okay. Yes. And I can see that happen. I think sometimes we think because we don't have the leadership title, we're not supposed to lead and we don't want to Ooh. overstep our boundaries. But yet- you, you know, that might be more of the answer that I was looking for. Maybe I, I, <laughs> I would a lot of that too, is a lot of trepidation on that as well. But yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what I heard. It's like, okay, they gave him the position. So I wasn't the leader. So why should I? But yet if you are a leader, it is in us to just do it. Just do it. Just do that. <laughs> And show our light, right? Because, you know, it can help a project, it can help a person, you know, Mm -hmm. and it can also help you. So, Mm -hmm. okay, thanks for that. All right. So, Flo, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? So, in the beginning, I thought it was a little, so again, this is kind of, again, a a two-part question. In the beginning, it was harder for me being kind of like a black female leader. In the beginning, I would get called aggressive now. But now, I think with me, I'm not so much focused on the negative. I think being a female and us being intuitive, I have a sense of empathy that a lot of men leaders that I've seen, they don't have. So a lot of them are cold. I have a lot more empathy and a lot of understanding. And I think my communication skills are really, really high. So that's where I would put it now, not saying that there may not be the same challenges, but I'm not focused so much on that. I'm focused more on the strong suits that that me as a female that I have. And, and again, a lot of those strong suits come empathy, seeing the big picture. So that's kind of where I don't focus as much on the naysayers. I really look at, okay, what 
makes me different per se from a male counterpart is just more like structured data and not really empathy, not really communication. So that's what I've seen that's been deficient in a lot of male leaders, not saying all, but at least a lot of the ones, the majority ones that I work with. Okay. Thanks for that. And I like that where, and I have seen a lot of people who've taken that or talked to a lot of people who've taken that stance. And it's like, I don't focus on that. So I don't really have to worry about that. I focus on showing up, doing what I have to do, bringing my unique skills and talents to the table and believing that my skills or my talents will make room for me is what I basically heard you say. Yeah, and I do. I agree with that as well. Okay, awesome. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Hello, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Oh, yeah, actually, I actually have a few. So I'm probably the opposite on the forms of what some people talk about as multitasking. So even in work, when I used to work for large companies, a lot of things that I would do, I would get there really early around six or seven if I weren't, I wasn't going to the gym, if it's more like seven or eight, if I went to the gym that morning and I would do like some focus time. Also things that I practice, I actually do practice the Pomodoro technique. So I'll turn my phone off or put it on some type of timer. It could be 20 minute increments, maybe 30 minute increments. Sometimes I even do an hour focus time where I just turn everything off and I really focus on those key things that I need to get done for that day. Another thing I do, I always do a list the night before, the morning before, and then I order that in importance. I focus on quadrants. So I quadrant my time to doing the most hardest things first. So usually before 12, I'm a morning person, really depends on what type of person you are, but I want to get really my hard things done. So even if I just get one really significant thing done, that's really solid for me today. And then I'm not, a, I'm not a huge email fan. Then I'll trickle in the emails and stuff like that. But I really don't start my day with emails. That's usually like a, a later thing that I would do or unless there was something that was a high priority. And then I would put that up there. But focus time is what really puts me above the rest. And I love focus time so I can just go deep in, deep into things. Another book I would recommend is something like Deep Work. So that's definitely what works for me in, in terms of productivity. All right. Thanks for that. I love what you said. You were talking directly to me when you said get the the hard things done first, right? Because like Mm -hmm. every day I have this one thing that I'm really trying to finish doing and I keep pushing it off and pushing it off. And it's because I put everything before it. And for me, for whatever reason, this is my hardest thing, but yet I'm not choosing to do it first. And I know, I know that that's what I need to do. So I really, really, really appreciate you bringing that up. But I, I do have a question, though. And I mean, I was reading the book, they were talking about this, too. Sometimes when you're pushing it off a lot, what they say, which happened to me, too, like writing a book and all kind of stuff. But sometimes there could be where you could break it down into other little pieces. Or maybe you think about it, is it important enough to do it all? You know, sometimes when you're pushing things off so much, so much, it's like, do I really need to do this thing? So sometimes you have to evaluate, right? Why do you keep you know, pushing that off. That that would be the first thing I would do before I even do it. I would like, okay, first of all, what's the reason that I keep pushing this thing off? Mm-hmm. That's where I would start first if I were you and then kind of go into like, okay, they know it really needs to be done. Let me, you know, and then again, that leads back to how you're saying earlier, the core value. So to me, 
if I can find the impact in that, that might not be something that I push up. But if I don't see the direct impact, it might be something like maybe, you know, maybe it's not that important. That's not, I do. So I, I really live my life by impact. Cause again, that's why I do, I can get really distracted and off topic and stuff like that. But if what this is doing is going to make a major, major impact, which is one of my codes, one of my core values, I try to put that to the top. So. Okay. Short. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, that may have solved the problem because it is. And it's funny you said something about writing a book. So it is me and my book. Me and my book. Oh, have okay. a, we have a tug of war. We have a tug of war. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. And I think it may be because I don't like to sit still all the time. Like, I have a lot of different things that I have to get past the sitting still, depending mm-hmm. on the right time of the day for critical thinking, right? Because, you know, your brain is not its best at all times of the day. So actually finding that right time of the day to actually sit down and put the time forth and then just make it happen. But I like what you said as far as your impact, because that's what I have to keep reminding myself because it is. It's yeah, we're right. I, think, I think we're like replicas of each other because I got about, about a chapter or two done in my book too and I'm thinking about it, it would be a lot of impact but a lot of times that's why I do videos and other things but I think we're, we're probably procrastinating on the same thing. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love the get up early have your focus time right use those timers to go into those time blocks those are all great great pieces of advice for productivity. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Okay. So Flo, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? So the first experience that really blessed my leadership, I wasn't even a full-time entrepreneur at the time, but it was when I was working for a social networking company. Um, in Silicon Valley, and I mentored someone. So I was just typing away coding. The intern's name was Richard Bustos at the time. And we started kind of like an informal mentorship. At that moment, he would come in early morning because he he had a a full, a full, not a full-time job. Well, I guess you could say a full-time internship in the day. But when we first started he came over, he's like, oh, what you doing? It's really cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, I would love to learn this. So he would come in early in the morning and I would help him and teach him how to code. And he would come in late evenings and teach how to code and, and stuff like that. So he was just really motivated. He was really passionate. And then, and what really touched me because it's similar backgrounds. He didn't have that much money, like, you know, Europe, the internship, it was a nonprofit. So he didn't go to a big school of like, a Harvard or, or a Berkeley or Stanford, like a lot of people at this social network were. And I had the same kind of experience. Like, you know, I'm a college dropout. I didn't go to a, a large, huge school. I didn't just, you know, I wasn't a spoon fed baby. I really had to work really, really hard to get to that opportunity. So we started that informal mentorship and then he really, really blossomed to an awesome developer. And he went through certain things with some of this co-worker and say, well, you know, this guy dropped out of school. He doesn't know what he want to do. Blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm a college dropout too. So I really coached him through and got rid of the naysayers. And he became the youngest full-time engineer at the social network that time. And, and what really blessed me, I remember during his graduation from uh, Europe was kind of like a community college. His parents really came to me crying and I knew I was a mentor and I knew I was a leader and I knew it was supposed to be teaching me because like, thank you so much for what you did for my son. And that, that just blessed me. And that really got me into like taking teaching seriously and nonprofit and service. Like, you know, there's an underrepresented community that really deserves to 
be available to have these resources. So that's why even from California, bringing it to Tampa, trying to really start this up again, that's what really is important to me. So that blessed me, like blessing other people with opportunities that they might've not had before, you know, with meeting me, he even was able to buy his parents a home. So, so many good things trickled from that experience. So that oh, definitely, wow. yeah. I love that story. I love, I love it. <laughs> yes, Thank that is you. awesome. I mean, from the mentorship, I do believe that you get blessed by being a mentor as well as by being mentored, right? So it's yes. blessings both ways, but I love how both of you are were college dropouts and I'm listening to you and I'm like, wait a minute, college dropout. So I love how you threw that in there because that shows that number one, our past doesn't define us and mm. we may not follow the whatever frame or whatever path that someone broke down somewhere that people are quote unquote supposed to follow, which usually doesn't happen. Right. So then it has us feeling bad about ourselves. And then we're shameful. Like I'm a, I had my daughter at 17 years old. So that was one of my things that I carried with me for a long time. And in my head, it made me feel like I couldn't reach whatever height I was created to reach because of this thing that happened all of these years ago, which, which you're proving that that's not true. You know, you help this guy to realize that's not true and just to keep moving forward regardless of what's behind you, regardless of the mistakes you made or the hurdles that you had to overcome. So I really appreciate that. No problem. No problem. Okay. So Flo, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? So the best advice I could say I guess offering from myself and maybe it's from myself and just experience as well. But first of all, first and foremost, stay true to yourself and never compromise your integrity for someone else and speak up for yourself. So those are a lot of things that I went through thoroughly in my life, but that true to yourself, that's number one. I feel like when you know who you are and, and true to yourself, everything else trickles down. So don't compromise that. Don't compromise who you are. Don't compromise integrity and then speak up stand for what right if you don't stand for something you fall for anything so stand stand up for what you believe in and be who you are so that to me that's the first solid self first for between knowing yourself everything else trickles down everything else is simple to me when you really know who you are okay thank you for that yes i love that and that's one of my favorite things if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything i think people get tired of hearing me say it but it seems so cliche and it's something that we've heard year over year, but yet it's so true. And it takes for you to just stand and, and make a decision to not move if it's not a part of what you consider to be your values and, and what's important to you. And that really shapes your life. And it goes back to the don't compromise. Now, speaking up for yourself, right? Now, this is something that I think I've battled with in the past, especially working in corporate, right, where we see a lot of things and it sounds like, you know, we've had similar experiences where we're one of maybe two Black people in the room because we're in IT or, you know, only Black female and things like that, right? But then I feel like people battle with this speak up for yourself a lot, especially even for me moving from the North to the South and you can feel the different hints of discrimination and racism and things like that, that I'm so not used to experiencing. But how do you, because I feel like it's a fine line with Mm -hmm. speaking up for yourself, right? Because you don't want to be thrown in jail or you don't want to be fired or, you know, is how do you deal with that as far as that fine line that may exist 
with a person wanting to speak up, but then also wanting to maintain their lifestyle or, or keep themselves safe or if you you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely understand where I'm going, going with that. Again, it goes to values. I feel like it, it all goes back to values and stuff. If it's a, if it's something to the point where it's, it's a conflict for your values, I definitely think you could speak up yourself, speak up for yourself. Now, times that it might be unnecessary, right? Say if you're saying something and it's not really helping a situation, if sometimes it might just be something that you leave alone, you just might, it might feel good to just get this off your chest. But when you look at it in the long run, if it's not applicable as far as helping the situation, that would probably be the only time I would say, okay, don't say anything. Like if this person <laughs> don't the way they are and then and you're just doing this, it'll make you feel better. Like maybe write it in a letter if it makes you feel better. But if it's not gonna help the situation, then you don't always have to speak. But if it's that if it's a direct conflict of your values, yes, you have to. I, I honestly just believe you have to. So Okay. Thanks for that. No, that did make a lot a lot of sense and I'm glad you took it a step further because some things aren't worth it. And I find myself the more I become a better leader, the more I'm able to decipher what is worth it and what's not worth it based on who I'm dealing with or based on mm-hmm. what the context is. So that is great, great, great advice. Yep. Okay. So Flo, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. Great questions. You know, great interviewee and interviewer. So I feel awesome. Awesome. Well, Flo, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Mm -hmm. Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, (laughs) and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yes, absolutely. So on Facebook, you could find me as Florence Davis. On Instagram, I'm Flo the Magician. Now, magician smell really weird with the K, but like do F-L-O-W underscore the magician, M-A-G, I mean, M-A-G-I-C-K-I-A-N, the magician. So if not, you could definitely find me on Facebook and worry about the events from there. I should keep you kind of updated. Anything in the tech scene, I definitely... I'm major in the tech tech scene, so any if there's any mainframe events, uh, check out the mainframe with uh, James Faison. I definitely will be there, and his target as well as underrepresented people. Any things when it comes to Tampa Bay Startup Week or technology events, I'll pretty much be there. So those are some of the main pages, places you'll find me. And if worse come to worse, just follow me on Facebook, Florence Davis, just how it sounds, and I'll definitely keep you updated on what events I'll have going on. Okay. Well, thank you, Flo. We appreciate your insight today. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Flo, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Flo's stance on our past not defining us. We are defined by what we believe, what we speak, and the actions we take. We have the power to change our beliefs, words, and actions as we increase our understanding and gain more knowledge, if we are willing to do so. Our beginning does not have to determine our lifetime unless we allow it to. The road to redemption will have its challenges. However, 
the glory of a transformed life is well worth it. We all have the opportunity to create and recreate ourselves as often as needed. And we all have the responsibility to not allow ourselves to be created by our circumstances. A quote by Joel Osteen reads, you are not defined by your past. You are prepared by your past. I admire Flo's ability to recognize and admit that she was a reluctant leader in one of her previous positions. I can completely understand this due to the misconception that leadership has to come with a title and that speaking up will overshadow others. It is imperative that we are unapologetic about our greatness and do not shrink ourselves to accommodate for anyone. Just because someone has a higher position or title does not mean that they know all the answers. Every voice matters, and we are all leaders. We have to be comfortable speaking up at all times, allowing our light to shine for the world as it should. I can relate to Flo's experience with feeling depressed about life and wanting more, as I experienced the same. As with Flo, having an impact is extremely important to me, as it makes me feel alive and valuable. In many cases, people are moved more by being involved in something they believe in, as opposed to having monetary and materialistic gain with no sense of purpose. When you have what others deem as success and still feel empty inside, it's time to reevaluate your circumstances to ensure they align with your goals, values, and vision. A quote by Kevin Cruz reads, life is about making an impact, not making an income. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Florence mentioned the importance of doing our hard task first to ensure the important items on our list are taken care of. This is definitely a struggle area of mine as I am a recovering procrastinator. Pushing things off and waiting until the last minute has been my practice for so long, especially for the harder tasks. I am grateful that I no longer enjoy the unnecessary pressure this brings and am working to improve in this area. I will continue to make it my business to align my tasks with my core values and desired impact while working on the hard tasks first to ensure I am challenging and growing myself, showing up in excellence and not rushing the process. A quote by Dale Carnegie reads, do the hard jobs first. The easy jobs will take care of themselves. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. If you decide to take me up on my challenge, I would love to know about your key takeaway. If you care to share, please go to the She Leads Podcast discussion group on Facebook and leave your comment under the Takeaway Thursday post for season four, episode 13. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast 
for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Your Past Doesn't Define You with Florence Davis. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.